Okay, let's begin our discussion of this year's Parshas Chayasara, Tavshin Pei Aleph, and we know where we have to start. I quoted Rabbi Sachs two weeks ago in the Shear, but we know this year, um, in the, still the Shiva for him, um, one of the great uh, spokesmen for Yadus, um, we know we have to start with Rabbi Sachs, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll also have a thought from Rabbi David Feinstein, another Maka that we, uh, that we received this week, but... Again, they live on through their Torah, they live on through their messages, uh, and that's how we, we keep them keep them alive. As, as the phrase says, Sifsoso Dobavos Bekever, their lips keep talking. The lips of all the great members of uh, the Bali Amasora throughout the generations, that's what we keep doing. We keep learning the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, the words of the Rashi and the Rambam, the words of Rabbi Kiva Eger, the words of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, and the words of Rabbi David Feinstein, and the words of Rabbi Sachs all the great Bali and Masora, each in their own unique uh, way, impacting. But this this thought in Parshish Chayasara in his books, in his Sefer, Lessons in Leadership, is is uh, eerie in that this is the first Shabbos after he was Nifter, and we'll see how this ends, um, as we will see it so autobiographically, so to speak, describes uh, his own life and his own uh, impact. And he starts off talking about Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu, he starts off by quoting a, a, uh, a member of uh, the British government on his 92nd birthday. The interviewer said, most people, when they reach their 92nd birthday, start thinking about slowing down. You seem to be speeding up. Why is that? And the answer was, when you get to 92, you start seeing the door begin to close. And I have so much to do before the door closes that the older I get, the harder I have to work. When the door is closing, as we get older, no, we realize the door is not wide open anymore, and we have work to do. And that's the impression that we receive, that we get in this week's Parsha. It's fascinating. Avram Avinu is not a young man. He's been through, according to most we've shown him, the the tenth test of his. He's basically had a life. It's been amazing. And yet, in this week's Parsha, he is active. He is focused. He is moving into action. Something like that is the impression we get of Avram in Parshas Chayasara. Sarah has died. He's 137 years old, right, right after the Akedah. We see him mourn Sarah's death, and then he moves into action. He engages in elaborate negotiations to buy a plot of land in which to bury her. It's not a simple task. He negotiates free, not free, special concession, they try to discourage him. You don't have to pay for it. Next paragraph. The purchase of the cave of Machpelah is evidently a highly significant event because it's recorded in great detail and highly legal terminology. Three times, and it's always referred to. Parshas Vayechi. It's always referred to. Steya Machpelah, Sherkana Avraham, Me'efron Achiti, Me'es Bedechei. Something important is going on here. It's not just buying a piece of land, buying a burial plot for Sarah. And right after that, he doesn't sit back and relax. No, now I have to find a wife for my son. Immediately after the story, Avram was old. Right? It's fascinating. If you look at the Pusik, what would we expect after the whole story of Maris Mapela? The Avram Zokain Baba Yamim. Avram was old. blessed him with everything. So it sounds like this is going to lead Avram off into the sunset. He's had an amazing life, and he's blessed, uh, blessed him by Kol, and yet, what happens in the next Pasuk? 
Avram starts taking care of business. Avram starts, this is my next task. Again, this sounds like the end of a life, not a preface to a new course of action. And again, our expectation is confounded. Avram launches into a new initiative to find a suitable wife for his son Yitzchak, who is by now 37 years old, doesn't leave anything to chance. The Chulu. What's the message? Avram Avinu, you would think is done. And yet the opposite. And if you think about the details that are mentioned in these two stories, especially in the story, as we know, as Chazal already pick up, pick up on, Yafesi Chasan Shalavos, the top of the next page, the contrast with the story of Akedas Yitzchak cannot be greater. There almost everything about the Akedah, Avram's thoughts, Yitzchak's feelings, is left unsaid. We don't know anything in the Akedah. Hardly anything. Here everything is said, and it's repeated. Again, the literary style calls our attention to the significance of what is happening without telling us precisely what it is. What's the message? That Avram Avinu, though old, does not look back but looks forward? And what he does. These two stories, so much detail given in these two stories, even though they don't seem so significant that we would need every single detail. Says Rabbi Sachs, the explanation is simple and unexpected. Throughout the story of Avram and Sarah, Hashem gave them two promises. There are two things that are promised. Children and a land. Children and a land. Right? Kumis Aleph Ba'aretz is repeated no less than seven times. The promise of Eretz Yisrael. The promise of children occurs four times. The two things that Avram and Sarah are promised are children and a land. And now what happens? Avraham is 137 years old. He has no land and he has one single son. And there are no shiduchim on the horizon where he is. Despite this, when Sarah dies, Avram has not a single inch of the land that he could call his own. And has only one child who will continue the covenant, currently unmarried. Neither promise has been fulfilled. Hence, the extraordinary detail, what happens in this parsha? The land and the children. That's what happens. What's the message? The message is, in one phrase, line 21, God promises, but we have to act. It's a partnership. God promised Avraham the land, but he had to buy the first field. God promised Avraham many descendants, but Avraham had to ensure that his son was married and to a woman who would share the life of the covenant. So Avram could have Jewish grandchildren. Despite all the promises, God does not and will not do it alone. That's not the nature of life. Hashem sets the table for us, but then we have to partake. By the very act of self-limitation through which He creates the space for human freedom, Hashem could do it, but He doesn't. Because he wants to give us the freedom. He gives us the responsibility. And only by exercising it do we reach our full stature as human beings. Hashem saved Noah, but Noah had to build the Teva. He gave Eretz Yisrael to Am Yisrael, but we had to fight the battles of the 31 kings. God gave us the strength to act, but we have to do the deed. What changes the world, what fulfills our destiny, is not what God does for us, but what we do for God. And that's what makes a great leader. Someone who doesn't just take the gifts that they're given or the promises that they're given, no matter how old they are or what stage of life they're at, 
but they act based upon it. Line 38. They are not passive, but active even in old age. Avram and Chayasara. Avram takes another wife. The end of the parsha. He has eight more children. Whatever else this tells us. We don't know who the wife is, but Avram kept going. Avram kept going his entire life. For the land and for the children. And now towards the bottom, 48. Perhaps, though, the most important point of this parsha is that large promises, a land, countless children, become real through small beginnings. Leaders begin with an envisioned future, but they also know that there is a long journey between here and there. The leader doesn't expect to finish. We can only reach it one act at a time, one day at a time. There is no miraculous shortcut, and if there were, it would not help. The use of a shortcut would culminate in an achievement like Yonah, right? Yonah's gourd, which grew overnight and died. Aravinu bought one little rocky piece of land. Maras but that was it. He started the process. He did not complain. Last line, he died serene and satisfied because he had begun because he had left future generations something on which to build. All great change is the work of more than one generation, and none of us will live to see the full fruit of our endeavors. You can't describe Rabbi Sachs better than Rabbi Sachs' own words. Leaders see the destination, begin the journey, and leave behind them those who will continue it. That is enough to endow a life with immortality. That's something. Parshas Chayisara, Rabbi Sachs' own words, describing a leader that has a tremendous impact but knows the job's not finished, but he leaves that to future generations, and that's us. He leaves it to us to finish, not even to finish the job, to take the next step. And that's what we all have to do, to partner with Hashem, take what Hashem has given to us and partner with Him and bring it to the next level. Okay, that's a powerful way to begin. Now let's get back to the beginning of the parsha. Parach of Gimel, Vayu Chayisara, the first Pasuk which we've spoken about so often. Mea Shana, Ve'esrim Shana, Ve'sheva Shanim. Sarah is 127 years old. Shnei Chayisara, these are the lives of Sarah. We've spoken in the past about the Medrash. Rabbi Akiva wants to wake up his Talmidim who are falling asleep. The Medrash tells us why was Esther Zoha to rule 127 counties because Esther lived for 127 years. So we've given him shot about in the past, Kudushia Rim and others. This year we're going to focus on the Rashi. Says Rashi. Why does it say Shana, 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 Mea, Shana, Vestrim, Shana, Vesheva, Shanim, 100 years, 20 years, 7 years, Lakach, Nechtav, Shana, Bechol, Klal, Vaklal, Lomar, Lacha, Shekal, Echad, Nidrash, Laatzmo. Because there's a message about a hundred and about twenty and about seven. Bas kuf kabas When Sarah was a hundred, she was as if she was twenty for chait. Right? Under twenty, there's no punishment bide shamayim. So she was like, when she turned twenty, she was without chait. When she was a hundred, she was without chait. She didn't sin in all the eighty years. I, the Ramban says two weeks ago, Sarah chata chait. We're going with this Chazal. We're not putting all the Midrashim together and all the Shittas. But she was without Chait. Ma bas chaf lo chata shareina bas onshin. Af bas kuf below Chait. U bas chaf ko bas zayin yofi. And 20 like 7 for yofi. Some point out, isn't yofi better at 20? Okay, this is this is Chazal. 
So 100 is like 20, 20 is like 7. Says Rav Zevin, Latorah V'lamo'adim, Hapirish HaPashutu, the Pashup shot is that it goes in order, 120 and 7. That's how the Pasuk is, is formulated. But according to Rashi, it's exactly the opposite. According to Rashi, 100 is like 20 and 20 is like 7. 7 is the first 7 years. And then you get to 20 and then you get to 100. But it's the exact opposite order than how the Torah formulates it. So why is it out of order? And also the last phrase. What is that adding? Rashi, we've spoken many years ago. The Ksava Kabbalah has an unbelievable comment on this Pasuk. Not for now. But here, Shnei Chayesar, Kulon Shavon Latova. What is it? The years, put them all together, they're all good. Kulon Shavon Latova. And although everybody asks, they were all good. For so many years she was an Akara. For so many years she had this Sara. Kulon Shavon Latova. So why is the order out of, why is the order backwards? And why is it Shnei Chayesar? What is that adding to me? Line 7, V'yipale. V'chi ma'at Saras v'yisurin ha'yilo l'sara. She didn't have too many tsaris. Harav and Adudim hung her and she was taken by Paru. She was taken by Avimelech. Who knows what she thought when they took her to the palace if this time she was going to get out safely. That's Kulan Shavon Latova? Says of Zevin. Again, an obvious thought, but he puts it into our Pasuk. You can only see my back. You can't see my face. Could only see my back. Ain Adam Yachol Ler Osla Khachila. Me Rosh. Esa Misrachish Bipuulos Musuyamos Baolam. Human beings cannot understand world events, life events, personal, national. They're beyond us when they're happening. Nidmelo Shakolo Tovu built it so dekvalonachom. We see such injustice. We see things that don't seem fair, that don't make sense. And that's what we're supposed to feel because we're human. And we say Diana MS on tragedies in this world. But really, we know, your Mio tells us, doesn't come from Hashem. Everything is from Hashem. Only backwards. Only retroactively could we look back and see. This is, this is what's meant to be. If it's out of my control, it's meant to be. We only understand things in hindsight. But when it comes to a Jew, there is one thing that we have over other nations. We don't know it when it happens, but we believe it. We believe it and know and trust that it is good, even though we don't feel it is good. As Rabbi Akiva taught us, as Yashir, as Ashir Azos, what do you mean, Oz? Klomar. They were still up to the necks in water. It was only Ve'aminu Bashem. 
Even then they were singing Shira. Even then. We don't understand it, but we can know it. And then he quotes a beautiful pshat on a Gemara. The Gemara tells us in Mesecha Sanhedrin, Nebuchadnezzar, he was going to sing Shira Takarish Baruchu. If you look in Sefer Daniel, right after he threw Daniel, after he threw Hananim Shalvazariah into the kitchen, they come out. He saw Gavriel Amalach. He was about, he was, he was awed. And Tchias Amesim from the, uh, from the Atzamos Yeveshos, he was going to sing Shira Takarish Baruchu. And what the Malach, Amalach came and hit him on the face and stopped him from saying Shira because it would be bad for Pashtas, it would be, it would make us look bad. He's singing Shira. So the Pashtus is that it will make us look bad. But he quotes at Tzadik. Tzadik Echad. Rav Zevin says, Not Stam that he didn't want Nebuchadnezzar to say Shira. He'll say Shira. We also sing Shira. No, the Malach was doing something different. He was hitting him on the face. He was giving him a patch and says, Okay, now sing Shira. Sing Shira when things aren't going so well. I'm going to hit you and now sing Shira. You think you're on the level of Shira. You think you know what to sing Shira. What the depth of the Gemara. When you're on the top of the world. Okay, you saw some Nisim. Take this, this hit. Now say it. He couldn't. Can't say Shira when things aren't going well. Zeicholim rak Yisrael. Only Am Yisrael. Yisrael bilvad Yicholim levarich alarak and yivarcham alatova. We make a bracha. We make a different bracha, but it's still a bracha. Varech ato Hashem alokinu melacholam. We recognize that He's in charge. Dayan haemes. We recognize that He's in charge because we know it's part of the divine plan. I think I mentioned a few months ago. Reb Nevenzal's thought that we always lane. Did I mention this recently? I don't remember. We always lane the next parsha, Shabbos Mincha. Not unusual. We lane and okay, Monday, Thursday is already looking to the next Shabbos. But why do we lane the next parsha every Shabbos Mincha? So Rabbi Nevenzal says because a Jew always knows that there's a next week's parsha. A Jew always knows that there's you're in the middle of the story, right? It, it gives you a feeling, gives you an excitement for the future. That's what Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael has been living that way for 2,000 years. We always know there's next week's Parsha is on the horizon. And that's how we could sing Shira and have that Emunah and make a Bracha even during the difficulty. Call at Saras by Yisurim Sha'avra al Sara. All the Tsaras, now getting back to the original question, Shnei Chayi Sara. Kibla Osam Kfar Lechad Chila Ba'ava. Yada Shakotova. Kul and Shavin Latova. Because that was her attitude. But she felt it as it happened. And that's why the years are backwards. To allude to us this idea that when it's backwards, right, that's how we can understand. To teach us Maybe we, Sarah, felt it when it happened. We can only see it in hindsight. After we see the whole life story, and we're looking back, but that's written backwards to allude to us this, this idea. 
The same message is given. The Daki Musa of Naiman also quotes the same idea. Many say, Kul and Shavu Latova. How is it? Because in her mind, but he just quotes two other stories related to that that help illustrate this idea. He quotes the famous one from Rebzusha, right? Somebody once came to a Rebbe and said, you know, Rebbe, it's so terrible, it's so hard. How do I deal with it? He says, go to Rebzusha, he'll tell you. They go to Rebzusha, who had nothing. Right, he has nothing. And he says, Rebbe, how do you deal? How does one deal with not having anything? And Rebzusha says, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I have everything. I can't help you. He had nothing. But he says, I, I can't help you. I never had any ra. I never had any ra. That's what he says. And if there's nothing to worry about. And then he quotes another interesting story, a mashal. Top of the next page. A person, you know, was a sharecropper, working for a certain landowner. It was a man, upstanding, took care of his workers. And he gives... Flexibility, he doesn't pay on time, he's mavat there, it's fine. This landowner had to go on a trip. So he goes on a trip and he puts another person in charge, and this other person was an Adam Ra. Somebody who didn't like didn't like workers under him. Because the Jew didn't pay him on time, he gave him lashes. Twenty Malchus. Twenty Malchus. Because when the pirates came back, the Jew tells him what happened what this person did, and he was so upset, he takes him to the Bezdin, and he tells the Bezdin, tells the Bezdin, what the, this guy, you know, was supposed to be in in my place, but he hit this poor guy. So the Bezdin Paskin, okay, he has to pay, he doesn't have what to pay, okay, take some of his property. Half of his house, whatever the amount for the lashes were, half of the house went from this man to the Jew. The Jew goes home and cries to his wife. Tells her what happened. And she says, why are you upset? You just got half a house. So he says, if I knew I'd get the other half, I would have taken some more lashes. If I knew what was in store for me from the Yisurin, I wouldn't have been so upset when it happened. So that's a very high, hard level. But that's how we have to try to view what we get for every Yisur and every pain, every difficulty that we have. So, we might have a different attitude at that time. And then he finally ends up quoting from Yisrael Salanter, who says, a very short, but something that we have to try to put into our lexicon, Put into our language. Rishos Salanter said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives difficult challenges to people. To say it's difficult, to say it's bitter, that's fine. Something can be difficult. Medicine can be bitter. To be bitter, to say it's bad, that's not fine. Because It could be challenging, it could be hard. The situations that the world and many people have been in over the past eight, nine, ten months, Eight months, nine months have been hard, have been challenging. But we have to try to train ourselves to say that it's not, can't be bad. Right? Yaakov Avinu learned that the hard way. Remember, ma'at v'royim, at the end of Sefer Bracious. So we have to try to remember that as we, as we talk about our challenges. And everyone has them. 
We have a hachshul l'sakin es adam chayel ma'bay yitzroch l'famim b'trufa mara. Sometimes you need a bitter medicine. Avol ein zera elatov. And therefore, we have to remember the pirate story. If I would have known, I would have would have been okay with more lashes, right? The Reb Zusha story, and understanding it backwards, as Reb Zevin said, that's why the word the it's written backwards, cool and shav and latova, and related, and related issues. Okay, continuing on this pasuk, now we have the second thought of the evening, Le'ilu nishmas lezecha nishmas. One of the greats that we lost this week, or David Feinstein, has a small safer called Dodi on the Parsha. And there he speaks about the little letter in the in the Parsha. As we know, the Mesora of Sofrim is to write the Lchaf in small. Bechi. To say the Bechi was muted. The Balaturim. The Bechi is muted. He didn't weep, weep excessively. She lived a full life. We've discussed in the past years, maybe the Nitziv and others have a pshat. He wanted to focus on the national calamity and not just the personal, and that's why he focused on Hespid, which was the uh, intellectual uh, evaluation for the for the world, not just the personal bechi. But ask Rav Feinstein, so why isn't the base small? Why is the chaf small? If it's about bechi, make the base small. That's the first letter in bechi. Why is the chaf small? Interesting question. A small base would be more appropriate since the root word for crying, bacho, begins with this letter. So explains Reb David, and again, it's apropos to this week when Klai Yisrael cried for these great people. Says the Kaldoli, says Reb David Feinstein, that whenever a righteous person is taken from us, there are two reasons we cry. There are two reasons we cry. Number one, Maybe this is the less well-known reason, but it's a reason. We cry because the departed has lost the ability to perform mitzvos and add further to the abundant register of merits he accumulated in his lifetime. We cry because there's a per- le- one less person doing mitzvos, and that person will never, ever have the opportunity to do another mitzvah. They'll still get schar from the results of what they did in their life, but we cry for the pain of the person who will never be able to add on themselves anything actively, number one. And number two, of course, we cry for our loss. Because the righteous person is no longer available to suffuse the world with his holy influence. Thus, Avram cried because Sarah can no longer grow to higher levels of holiness. So yes, her influence they cried for. But Avram also cried for Sarah as a person. The former reason... And what did Rashi say? Chaf. Chaf was the symbol, kebas chaf. 20 was belichet. Chaf, the gematria 20. That was the age of belichet. So maybe Dafka Chazal, suggested David Feinstein, picks up on the chaf. Because crying for Sarah, but maybe the Torah is alluding to us that she was belichet. Avram was crying for her because she couldn't do any more. But perhaps the small chaf, whose numerical value is 20, is an allusion to the fact that until her death, Sarah remained as sinless as she had been at the age of 20. Alludes to the Sarah's full lifetime of 127 righteous years. And that's the chaf. And again, autobiographically, we speak about one of the greats. You know, imagine just having a father like Ramosha Feinstein. That already 
you know, is something that somebody has to live with. Becoming Rosh Yeshiva of the Yeshiva, that Ramosha Feinstein was Yeshiva, was Rosh Yeshiva. Just that, but making a name for himself, making a name for himself, what a challenge, what a, what a um, accomplishment that, uh, that he did with the same anava and the same self-effacement as, as his father brought to the world. Okay, then we get to the, the quantitatively largest part of the Parsha, and that is the Shiduchim and the message of Sarah, Amzat Sarah, Elazar, Eliezer, sent by Abraham, finding a wife for Yitzchak and Rivka. Rabbi David, Rabbi Avishai David, here in his Sefer, Shaila Avi, discusses four messages. Four messages for relationships. Some of them, we could use these messages before one gets married. That's the context of the Torah. It was what to look for and messages for uh, singles. But the messages could also be for people who have been married 10, 30, 40, 60 years as well. Because relationships are relationships. And the messages are the same through the relationships. So let's see here. David says, if you look at the, some of the Mepharshim, there are four messages that we could get related to relationships um, through looking through the Parsha. Number one, number one is a thought that we mentioned in the past. It's one of the most well-known thoughts in the Ron's Drushes. It's quoted in this week's Parsha. The Klayakar says it, but before him the Ron says it. The Ron asked the question that the Mepharshim asked, why did Avraham had to send Eliezer to the other side of the world? Why couldn't he just, he was just already going to, you know, you know uh, the, the, the neighborhood wasn't so great, so, so why do you have to do that? Right, line 13. The Kananim, where he was, they were all the Avodazara, and where he was sending, they were all the Avodazara. So why is it better to go? So the Ran says that Avram Avinu was not worried about Avodazara. Right? His house was permeated with such a power of Avodah Baruch Hu, Avodah Zara didn't have a chance. And Avodah Zara is not past Beirusha, says the Ran. That's not a Tchunas HaNefesh. Tchunas HaNefesh are Midos Tovos, or Midos Ros. That's passed through the DNA, says the Ran. Again, can we find sometimes very different? Yeah, but that's not natural. Naturalists, parents give certain midos to their children. And if there's a, a defective mida in the parents, Avram Avinu knew, that might be passed on the, on the DNA. Cholim Yerushim. Right? Certain types of hereditary spiritual illnesses that are passed. Avram knew that Avram Zara he could get rid of. Midas Rose he can't get rid of. And that's why he went to Rivka. What kind of midos? Right? giving water to him, to all the animals. Says 
Sin akin achzorius. That's the Ran. Because relationships are based on chesed, are based on benadam achavero. Remember the Arizal says, the first question we're going to be asked upstairs about benadam achavero is about our spouse. That's the first question we're going to be asked. How we treated our spouse. And we have to recognize that relationships are based on chesed. Number one. Number two. Second idea, next page. The second idea, which is clear from the story. You don't have to look in the Mepharshim for this. Siyat Maybe more than any other area of life, relationships start and are built on Siyat Yes, of course, there's hard work that needs to be done, as we'll talk about with Hashem in a couple of minutes. But the ingredient of Siyat how many times did Eliezer say, Hashem, Hashem, help, Hashem, do that, Hashem, this, Hashem, that. Hashem, hikra, Hashem, zelofanai. Everything's Hashem, even Laban and Besuel. May Hashem yotza hadavar. Lo nuchal daber ilecha ra'utov. We have to do our ishtavlus. We have to do everything we can. But we have to make sure that we recognize the siyata d'shmai ingredient as players in relationships, as parents, as grandparents, as husbands, as wives. We have to make sure to let HaKadosh Baruch Hu in. To let him in, right? Ish isha yud and the hey, let Hashem in. Or else it turns to fire, or else it turns to ish. That's number two, yisod, second yisod. Number three, that he says. Number three, that he says. Again, this is more relevant for the, again, you can relate it, but more relevant for those looking for a shidduch, like in the context of the Torah. The Yisod HaShlishi quotes from Rabbi Yudah Chassid. What does Eliezer say? V'yatem yeshchem osem chesed ve'emes. If you say yes, if you're letting Rivka go, great. If not, tell me and I'll leave. What's the message? What's the message? Says the Sefer Chasidim, one of the Baliatosvas. Tell me and I'll leave. If something's not meant to be, then the other person has to move on. We can't get stuck on one person if that one person is not meant to be. And that's what we learned from Eliezer. Tell me if it's going to be her, and if not, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. We can't be focused on and get stuck in one. And he quotes, or David quotes so many times, he speaks to Talmidim about, oh, it's supposed to be this girl, but this girl didn't want to go out with me, and, I, and they can't get over this girl, this girl... We learn from Eliezer. But it's a message for life also. We have to move on from different situations. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's anything. But finally, number four, which is maybe a message which is even more important for those who are married. And that is based on one word in the parsha. He quotes this from Rav Hirsch. We discussed this years ago from Rav Hirsch also. Rav Shantranafal Hirsch, who points out, who points out that when finally... Rivka is brought into the tent. What does the Pasuk say on top? He takes Rivka into the tent. The three things return. And he loved her. And he's comforted after the loss of his, of his mother. And her first wonders, why does he bring her into the tent first? And then it says, Vayavani loved her. Don't you love first? Isn't it love and therefore you bring her into the tent? 
So Rav Hirsch says, people who are engaged, he doesn't say this, but I'm putting words into his mouth, people who are engaged think that they're in love. They think they know what love is. Come back in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. The commitment that's built, that's true, deep love. Judaism doesn't believe in what Rav Hirsch calls the romantic love, the fleeting Hollywood love. He doesn't say that. But that type of, that type of superficial, that gets maybe less and less after one gets married. Mayim genuvim yimtaku is what keeps it going. But true love that Am Yisrael and Yadus believes in is based on the constant work. And the more that is put in, the more the love grows. Yisrael brings her in and then he loved her. This has to be obviously a basic seed when it starts. But Rov Nisun Shah Yisrael Loa Yisod Hachuka Elapi Shiko Hatavuna. Shiko Hatavuna. It has to grow and grow. And I've quoted in the past, beautiful comment. Rav Chaim Salvechik, who's a Rebbe here in uh, Ramapi Chemish, told me the name of his father, of Aaron Salvechik. Sakhronal of Racha. He says that his father told him before he went out on a date, he says, the first, the first two dates keep your eyes open and your heart closed. And after that, close your eyes and open your heart. Because you have to go and make the decision. Obviously. But once the decision's there, just close your eyes and open your heart and just have the heart pouring out in the relationship for all the years that one is Zoha to be married. This is the Parsha to talk about it. Parsha's Chayisara. The four messages that Rabbi David tells us that we learn. Midos Tovos as a basis for a relationship. Siyata Deshmaya. Moving on. And constant work creating a deeper love as, as time goes on. Okay, halachic question. The halachic section of our shir. Parach of Dalid, what happens? They meet Rivka at the well. They meet Rivka at the well. Parach of Dalid, Pasig Yurches. So what does she do? Vayaratza eva lekrasa, vayomer hagmini namayim kadeich rav some water. Vatomer, she says, shte adoni drink. Vatamaher, vatorekada, alyada vatashkeyu. She takes the water bottle off and she gives him to drink. But the chalash goes so, and then she finishes. Vatomer, she says, Let me give your camels to drink. Which, as is pointed out, is one of the most amazing, you know, ten camels, how much water do they drink? A little pail. You know, this little girl, whether she was three, whether she was 13, whatever she was, feeding all those camels, pretty amazing. Chesed Mufleges. Unbelievable chesed, but that's what he needed to be to get to Avram's house. Asks Rav Salvechik. Rav Shechter quotes this in Mipnini Arab. Don't we know the halacha? That you have to feed your animals before you feed yourself? Right? Also, lacho lefnei hachalas behemto. So here, if we assume avos kept the Torah, or even if it's midos, if it's midos that are reflected by the halacha, so how here could Rivka give Eliezer before she gave the camels? Right? The Gemara in the Brachas Mem. First, and then the Yachadavazavata. So again, the Magad Avram on that halacha in Shulchan Arach says, oh, maybe there's a difference between drinking and eating. Eating the animal gets first. Drinking a person. Okay. Rav Salvechik has a different shot. Salvechik says the Mishnah at the end of Mesechah's Kiddushin tells us, Rav Shem ben Allah Zeromer, Reisa miyamecha chayavov shishlamumnis. Have you ever seen a bird that had a tough time on the job? Making a parnasa, 
Right, the bird comes home after a long day flying around. I couldn't find work. Animals don't have parnassus. And they get misparnas for the most part. Shalom Tsar. It's the whole food chain. The animals get food easily and they're only there to serve me. So wouldn't it be appropriate for me to get food easily too? Shouldn't I also get parnasa? I messed up. I sinned. Going back to Adam Arishon. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us parnasa out of chesed. Cesar of Salvechik. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us. So technically, Me'ikar Adin, he should have to feed us. He created us, he had to feed us. And that's what's true by the animals. The animals get food, Medina. Hashem created them. Animals don't sin. And therefore, Medina, the animals get food. People, we have sinned. We haven't kept our part of the bargain. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu still feeds us, but it's chesed. Hazanas olam kula betuva b'chein b'chesed uverachamim. Who knows in lechem l'chob asar? V'chul, you could be medayik in the phrases in benching. But says Rav Salvechik, that's why generally animals go first. Because first you feed those who get medina, and then you feed those who get mitaras chesed. But that's only when it comes to us. Because we know we sinned. But when it comes to other people, we are not going to label anybody as a sinner. Remember, on Rosh Hashanah, we say to everybody, we wish everybody because we wish them that they're at tzaddik. So when it comes to others, we can assume that they're also getting fed Medina. And they didn't sin. When it comes to other people, Rivka gives Eliezer first. Because she's down the kafschus about who he is. Line 19. And that's why she, when it comes to other people, so... I guess, if a guest comes into your house, you can give your guests food before you give your animals and your pets. They can eat before you, but the guest comes first. And he quotes on the bottom that Reb Chaim always used to feed the cats before he used to eat. And one time he couldn't find the cats and he waited till very late until he found the cats and he was able to eat. Reb Chaim's known for his mind, but there are so many stories about Reb Chaim's heart. About Reb Chaim's heart. And Salvechik continues talking about this in, uh, that's where he talks about benching, but that's in number 12. Okay, two more thoughts. One is just a fascinating ha'ara about the story. Interesting line. So what happens? Eliezer comes and says the whole story, and he wants, he wants to take Rivka. What's their first reaction? What would we expect their first reaction to be? Lavan and Besuel. What do they say? Okay. Take her. How can we argue? And what happens after that? Eliezer bows down and it brings her out for Chulu. And later on, all of a sudden they get cold feet. 
all of a sudden they get cold feet. They say, let's ask her. Let her stay here for a while. What happened? First they say yes, then they say no. So it says the Ksav Sofer, just fascinating psychology. They definitely didn't want Rivka to go. They don't want to be connected to such a righteous house. They realized that Rivka was going to want to go. So what's the only way that could delay and try to put some doubt into Eliezer's mind? Imagine somebody calls you up and says, I have a great guy for your daughter. A great guy. And imagine he answers, great mazel tov, great. When should we make the l'chaim? Right, what would be that reaction? Why did, they, why did he say yes so quickly? Maybe, maybe there's something wrong with his daughter. Maybe she's having a tough time, and that's why he said yes. Maybe they don't want me to know something. Maybe there's something covering, something to hide. Says the Ksav Sofer. Love it and Besuel were trying. They didn't know what to do. They knew this was going to be a done deal. So what do they say? Sure, take her. One second. Take her. You hardly know me. You're letting her go. Wait, is, is there something wrong with her? They were trying to plant doubt into Eliezer's mind didn't work. Didn't work. But that's why later on they try to get out of it. And they say, maybe not, maybe delay it a little bit. But it's just a fascinating way to read the Psukim. Right? Just to know that originally they said it, Asu Bechachma, Ki Rotsim Belich Akira Vedrisha, Al Maus Achasan, Derachit you don't say it. But they said it to implant doubt, but it didn't work. There was no doubt planted. And finally, we get to the last thought, which we've discussed in the past part of this, but it always bears repeating. And the last Pasuk, when Yitzchak comes, and David, Vayisa Yitzchak Lasoch Basad Elifnos Erev, Yitzchak Davins, Vayisa Eina Vayar, he lifts up his eyes, he sees the camels, he sees Rivka coming. Says the Klayakar, we know here, Yitzchak David, Mincha, the Gemara Brachis, Avrim Yitzchak Yaakov, this is the Pasuk, this is the source for Mincha. And the Gemara is to be very careful about Tefillah's Mincha. Brachas Davav. Yizar Adam Tefillah's Mincha. Leo was Nana Tefillah's Mincha. Says the Kleyakar. An amazing Ha'ar. If you think about it, how do Chazal know that Mincha is so special? Says the Kleyakar. Because only by Yitzchak was he answered in the very next Pasuk. Avram Davin, and guess what? He wasn't even answered. Right, what happened? Stone. Yaakov, what happened here? Yitzchak Davins. Vayetzi Yitzchak Lasuach by Sadlav Nazareth. What do you think he was davening about? 37 years old. He was probably davening for a Shidduch. It's, I'm, I take it back. It's not the very next Pasuk. It's the same Pasuk. Vayisa Eina Vayar. And he lifts up his eyes and he sees the power of a Mincha. Says the Klayakar. Bishas Atfilo, line 11. He probably had his eyes down during davening. He finishes davening. He lifts up his eyes. So in the psukim, you see, mincha is powerful. What's the svara? So we discussed this a little bit in the past. Not the klayakar. What does the klayakar say? Lila is midas hadin. Shachras and Mayerv are closer to Lila. Mincha is the furthest from Lila. It's the most chesed. Api Kabbalah. It's the furthest from the 
from the nighttime. That's the power of Mincha. That's the power of Mincha. The Kedushas Levi, or Levi Yisrael Mibarditshev says, in the morning, you have what to daven for, Hashem, thank you for giving me life again. At night, Hashem, please help me get through this night. During the afternoon, there's nothing specific that one has to do daven for in terms of life. Says the Kedushas Levi, maybe that's why it's called Mincha, Tosus' question, in Arve Psachim. Shacharis is called Shacharis because of Shachar, Meir of Erev. Mincha, a present? Because this is a present we give a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Because nothing specifically screaming out at us that we have to daven for. But you could say maybe just the opposite. It's the tefillah that we have the most to daven for. And that's based on the tour that we've mentioned in other years. Why is Mincha so special? Says the tour because we're involved in every aspect of our life. You wake up in the morning, you daven, fine. Before you get into bed at night, you daven. But Mincha, you're in the middle of a hundred different things business, family, and I go and I stop and I daven. That's what makes it so precious. Because we recognize that Kaddish Baruch Hu is part of every aspect of our life, and there's so much to daven for. Parnasa, Rafua, Yeshua, throughout our lives. So whether it's a Kabbalistic message, the Klayakar, or whether it's a more practical message, the Tur, we recognize the power of Mincha. Mincha is the last feel of the day. The Arach HaShulchan calls it the Ne'ilah of every day. The Ne'ilah of every day. We have to recognize the power. The power of, of, uh, of this tefillah. The power of, of Mincha. But we all, as we think about um, of what we started with, every little act, Lo Alecha We're not meant to finish. We're meant to just take it to the next level, the next step. Working every single day. Yehibrat Son Hashem, give us the Siyata Deshmaya and the Kawach and the Arichas Yomim to be able to serve him for many, many years with Nachas to learn his Torah, to keep learning, for everybody to find their proper Shiduchim. All the people in the world that are looking for their Shiduchim. All the people in the world who are married to have Shalom Bayis. Right? The virus has not been easy on Shalom Bayis. Everybody should have Shalom Bayis. Everybody should find their, their, um, their proper mate, those who are looking. And we should all have Simcha and good health in Am Yisrael. Hey, we'll stop here.